hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's great to be back with you. Uh, my uh, followers and listeners on the podcast continue to grow. I got a great phone call this week from fellow Australian podcaster Laban Ditchburn, who's a great guy. And he let me know that through some form of a podcast rating system that the McCullough Report, thanks to your dedication and listenership, is really in among the top podcasts in its uh, category in the world. And that was so great to hear. It was a great conversation that I had with Laban. I'm hoping to go on with him in another podcast shortly. Uh, now is the time for independent media to rise to the fore. And everybody has seen this over the last uh, three years. There's been, a, in a sense, a widespread corruption that has set in among the mainstream media. That means all the cable news channels. And, and one can just look to the most recent episode of censorship, and that is the unprecedented determination of Tucker Carlson, who is far and away the most widely watched nightly news anchor on cable TV. And that was right uh, at about the same time that CNN's major uh, host, Don Lemon, was released. So it's happening on both the conservative and the liberal sides of the media. These terminations uh, may just reflect uh, human resource personnel changes or indeed something deeper in terms of uh, censorship uh, influenced by the biopharmaceutical complex on uh, these various individuals, uh, their political leanings, their commentary. We've come a long way since the era of unbiased news anchors in an unbiased, uh, fair, balanced media. Almost every media platform has to swing towards either very conservative or very liberal and take on the agenda. Uh, and Tucker Carlson was one of the few that was taking on the issues of the safety and lack of efficacy of the vaccine, the overall failure of the U.S. government, pandemic response. Uh, he also brought in controversial topics like uh, who indeed uh, killed former President Robert F. Kennedy, suggested that the U.S. CIA uh, did that. He took on January 6th um, uh, rioters in the Capitol building uh, and showed uh, video of one of the leaders of that uh, movement actually uh, being led around by Capitol Police, and that resulted in that person's release from jail. So Tucker Carlson was clearly having an influence. Many of you know I went on his show several times, and I've always enjoyed him as a media host. And hopefully wherever he lands, I'll be happy to go on his show again, give some uh, more commentary. But now is the time of independent media. I want to point your attention to my UK cardiology co uh, counterpart, Dr. Asim Malhotra, has appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience and that was on April 28th, 2023. It's already out. Uh, it's a riveting interview. So all of you go to the Joe Rogan Experience. Make sure you watch every minute and listen to every word of 
Joe Rogan, uh, the most influential podcaster in the world, and UK cardiologist, Dr. Asim Malhotra. I want to dedicate this show actually to the patients who've had COVID-19 and those who've suffered vaccine injury. And I, on the back half of the McCullough Report, I have Miss Eliza Stimler, who reached out to me. Uh, she's given consent to basically come on the show and tell us her medical story. And I interview her like a doctor would interview a patient. I want everybody to listen to this. Everybody who has had a COVID-19 illness or vaccination or both uh, should listen because these are the types of important inferences that you'd want to give a doctor if you are giving your history. And there are two relevant substacks. Now, all the information that you want to go to in terms of the peer-reviewed literature, the summary, now there's now a voiceover feature to Substack, is on the Courageous Discourse Substack. So if you go to petermccullohmd.substack.com, you'll get to that. Uh, please consider uh, joining as a, uh, a paying or founder member to support our efforts. I write the Substack in conjunction with leading world historian and philosopher John Leake, and I can tell you John's contributions are absolutely priceless, and you're going to want to subscribe to the Courageous Discourse Substack. But two of them that are pertinent to our patient's uh, vignette and her syndrome uh, are I want to mention here. One of them is titled Posterior Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, or POTS, uh, Trouble with Heart Rate and Blood Pressure After COVID-19, vaccination or both. And I posted this on December 15th, 2022, indicating that the most common symptomatic complaints after COVID-19 vaccination, and now in persons who've had actually both exposures, is posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. This is a disorder where there's a lack of synchronization between the heart, the brain, uh, the spinal cord, sympathetic chain, the adrenal gland, and the blood vessels on both the arterial and venous sides of the system. The SARS-CoV-2 spike protein has flooded the system and damages these tissues and causes them to inappropriate release too much epinephrine and norepinephrine and dopamine at the wrong time, and that's what causes these episodic uh, 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 spells of either high or low blood pressure and high or low heart rate that's inappropriate to the level of activity. And I summarized a paper by Kwan and colleagues a uh, uh, huge study, uh, 284,592 individuals, and it points out uh, in the graphical figure, this was published in the journal Nature Cardiovascular Research, that uh, myocarditis and dysautonomia, which is in a sense POTS, are among uh, the most uh, frequent post-COVID-19 exposure uh, as well as vaccine syndromes, all of them. This was on a log scale um, were the highest. Uh, and then next in line is the classical POTS syndrome that fo follows. Um, and I can tell you for POTS, I think most of the treatment is supportive, lower uh, leg compression stockings, increased salt and fluid intake. I found in a severe, a few severe cases of, uh, of uh, inadequate blood pressure control, um, that uh, natalol can control the tachycardia and help the patient uh, that has cardiovascular and neurologic reflexes return to normal. Uh, many times, if there is a pleural pericardial syndrome, I use uh, colchicine uh, in addition. So I wanted to point out that important uh, substack 
And if you go on the Substack, you can actually go through the various listings. I go to the dashboard uh, that I have as an author, and then I type in uh, the other important um, topic, which is myocarditis. And I've written a lot of myocarditis. As you know, this is uh, one of the um, syndromes that the FDA clearly says the messenger RNA and uh, vaccines cause. The uh, literature also indicates that the adenoviral vaccines, AstraZeneca and uh, Janssen, also cause myocarditis. And with Novavax, there has been a case of myocarditis reported or cases reported in the FDA briefing booklet and one published uh, by the Japanese, uh, but no fatal cases with Novavax. And um, uh, I wanted to uh, point out that uh, under this important topic, uh, there is a post that I made in January 6th of 2023 titled Circulating Spike Protein that Evades Antibodies, Understanding Determinants of COVID-19 Vaccine-Induced Myocarditis. And this was a paper I quote frequently from uh, Massachusetts General Hospital where um, th- uh, they had 13 young boys and three girls hospitalized with myocarditis. And they studied them and they... Uh, and it was the first author was Yonker and colleagues, and they found that uh, those who had active myocarditis had circulating spike protein, but did not have neutralizing antibodies, which they should have. So the spike protein was able to circulate freely in the uh, typically the, the month after vaccination, and damage the heart, whereas uh, whereas uh, those who um, were without any evidence of myocarditis had spike protein, but appropriately neutralizing antibodies. So this really helped us understand that, you know, not everyone's going to develop myocarditis, but clearly there is an explanation, at least from this perspective, of why some people develop myocarditis and others not. Myocarditis uh, does have characteristic signs and symptoms, including uh, chest pain, difficulty breathing, effort intolerance, Uh, And then there's commonly inflammation of the lining around the heart, pericarditis. So we call that myopericarditis. And what I found is there's also inflammation around the lining of the lungs, what we call pleuritis. So what we end up with is uh, what we call a pleuridinia or a a pleural pericardial uh, syndrome. And whether it's pericarditis, myocarditis, myopericarditis, or what we call pleuridinia or pleuritis, one of our go-to drugs is colchicine. And I think it's really important to understand that colchicine is a gout drug. It has uh, been used extensively in COVID-19 and, uh, you know, one of the largest, best done trials in acute COVID-19 was the cold corona trial done from the the Montreal Heart Institute. And a cold corona trial demonstrated reductions in hospitalization and death. Uh, with the use of colchicine, over 4,000 individuals, it received virtually no attention. It was uh, uh, submitted to New England Journal of Medicine, intentionally delayed by six months, then to JAMA, intentionally delayed, then to Lancet, delayed, and finally was published in a lower-level Lancet journal. But colchicine clearly had a benefit. It is a simple, uh, inexpensive, safe generic medication we've used for gout for, for a long time. It's anti-inflammatory. It works by inhibiting microtubule assembly in uh, circulating immune uh, inflammatory cells and seems to simmer down the inflammation. It may actually help with intracellular processing of 
the spike protein. But I want to summarize that uh, on the C19 Meta website for Colchicine now, there are 48 studies in acute COVID-19 and 878 scientists involved, 32,301 patients in 19 countries. It has a statistically significant improvement for mortality, ICU hospitalization, and recovery. 25 studies from 25 independent teams in 15 countries show statistically significant improvements uh, in um, in isolation of one of the, each other. Now, the overall improvement is modest, 16% improvement uh, in terms of assessing progression of disease from 24 randomized trials. But colchicine, uh, so clearly, I think has a, a signal of benefit in those who have acute COVID-19, and it's always been a part of our standard of care for patients who have myocarditis or pericarditis or both. So I can tell you it's my current practice now with um, patients uh, like the patient we have on the backside of the report uh, to use uh, uh, colchicine to treat the pleuritinia or pleuropericardial syndrome, blood pressure up and down, particularly if it's sufficiently high enough with uh, the POTS syndrome to actually use natalol, a beta blocker that has intrinsic sympathomimetic capabilities is relatively underutilized, and I think it works far better than metoprolol, atenolol, or propranolol. And then uh, the final consideration that I have for this patient, and again, I featured it on my substack, is the uh, very important innovation brought forward by a Japanese-Taiwanese collaboration. The first author is Tanakawa, Tanakawa, and that is the use of natokinase. Natokinase is a proteolytic enzyme. It is derived from the fermentation of soy by a bacteria called um, Bacillus subtilis natto. And so natokinase, uh, essentially a thrombolytic, it actually dissolves some of the elements in blood clots, has been used by the Japanese to treat cardiovascular disease now for uh, uh, over two decades. So we know it's safe uh, with a dose of 5,000 units. We know it can influence the D-dimer level within a few minutes of ingestion, so it clearly gets into the bloodstream. Japanese had previously shown that. And the Tanakawa paper showed uh, convincingly, in my view, it was a preclinical study, that indeed natokinase broke down the spike protein. It was the only thing that seemed to break down the spike protein that stays in the human body after infection and after the vaccine. Human enzymes do not seem to break down this pesky spike protein. So the critical substack paper to uh, go to is titled Dissolution of Spike Protein by Natokinase. The subtitle is Holy Grail of COVID-19 Vaccine Detoxification. And I posted this on February 21st, 2023, and um, I can tell you, I, I posted this because far and away, the most common question I get is, how do I get the COVID-19 vaccine or COVID out of my body? And the spike protein seems to persist there for a very long time, as shown in multiple studies, months, if not years. And uh, this uh, very important uh, enzyme, natokinase, uh, uh, has been available as an, an oral supplement. It degrades fibrinogen, factor 7, cytokines, factor 8, and it's been studied for its cardiovascular uh, benefits. 
And in the graphical abstract that I inserted from the Tanakawa paper, which was published in the journal Molecules by MDPI, and you can find this on PubMed, they do a, a standard assessment uh, where they tested in a uh, basically a cell prep model, but also in a um, uh, in a form of what what's called a uh, a dissolution model that uh, indeed the spike protein was degraded. So one of the first things I call you to is in the cell viability figure uh, that the cells were viable with control, obviously, and then with doses of uh, natokinase that were ranged through a tenfold uh, difference in doses. So it was safe to cells. That was very good. And the uh, area of the spike protein inside the cell and the relationship to the nuclei uh, in the cell prep models demonstrated um, easily a 50% reduction in the spike protein. And the cells that were used were, were, were what was considered um, immortal uh, cell lines. Um, uh, this was very uh, important. And then in the... Um, uh, in the uh, basically uh, dissolved uh, cells or just the um, distillate that comes out of the cells, the direct effect on the spike protein was uh, demonstrated and they, they zeroed in on it. And uh, it was clear that uh, the Tanakawa demonstrated uh, really uh, significant reductions in the... Um, the degree of spike protein that was in the test tube. So I can tell you, I'm, I'm pretty convinced here that uh, we're onto something recently. We heard a great anecdote reported in by Dr. Uh, Roger Hodkinson from Canada that patient who had critical limb, limb ischemia and things looked bad. Now this is a syndrome after vaccination, but it is a heavily a thrombotic syndrome on the arterial side. Uh, had basically his legs saved because he took natokinase and, it's, and didn't need to undergo amputation. I've had several patients receive amputation in my care, in my clinical practice, and those of you know, on my Substack, I've highlighted the, the journey of former Dallas Cowboy great Deion Sanders and his multiple toe amputations after a vaccine-induced arterial thrombotic syndrome, a syndrome to this day that Sanders does not fully recognize is caused by the vaccines. He's done a... Uh, He's done a full docu-series on this about, you know, how he's been ruined. He used to be coaching on the sidelines. He returned in a wheelchair. Uh, he underwent multiple surgeries. And nowhere in it does he basically acknowledge he took multiple COVID-19 vaccines, which he pushed on his players and others, and that the vaccine did it to him. In his case, it did happen in the setting of a family history of a prothrombotic state. And that makes sense clinically, and I've seen that in my practice. But indeed, he'd be alive today with no amputations, running. He's a very fit, middle-aged man, former football and baseball great. Instead, he's, uh, in a sense, orthopedically forever changed with toe amputations after this arterial syndrome. So I hope you enjoy this clinical, um, dedicated version of the McCullough Report, where I go over the medical information with you, and then we move into a patient interview on the back half of the McCullough Report. 
uh, this was done with full consent taken from the patient that her information can be revealed to you. And I was very careful to get that ahead of time uh, verbally from her uh, because this is disclosing her healthcare information. But Ms. Stimler is disclosing this to you as my listeners so they you know, so you can basically understand the patient's perspective and what the questions and answers would be with a doctor in this examining room who's perceptive to what's going on. So why don't we get on to the back half of the McCullough report and hear my interview with this patient who's taken the vaccine and you can hear about her journey, the doctors she saw, the disability and frustration she's experienced even uh, you know, in her work life, her social life, even in her marriage after taking one of these COVID-19 vaccines that have been uh, so deleterious, have caused so many injuries, disabilities, and deaths. And I think everyone listening knows on December 7th, 2022, I called on the floor of the U.S. Senate after a three-hour session that all COVID-19 vaccines should be removed from the market because they are not safe for human use. I was clearly supported by the June 11th, 2022 pharmacovigilance report issued by the World Council for Health that examined all databases worldwide, uh, including the four major safety databases, the U.S. VAERS system, the U.K. uh, Yellow Card system, WHO uh, VigiSafe system, and the EU UDRA system, uh, those are, you know, four among 39 safety systems, all of them reporting record mortality after patients take one of the ill-advised COVID-19 vaccines. So let's get on to the back half of the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, your host of the McCullough Report, and I'm also the Chief Scientific Officer of the Wellness Company. The Wellness Company is offering the Signature Series Spike Support Formula. The Wellness Company supports this formula because it's designed to remove spike protein from the body in its design in terms of its mechanism of action the accumulation of spike protein occurs because of repeated COVID-19 vaccination and COVID-19 illness the spike protein stays in the body a long time causes heart brain uh, body tissue damage as well as blood clotting the spike support formula is designed to help the body catabolize the spike protein begin to remove it through its natural mechanisms. This product has been carefully sourced. Uh, it is all US made, highest quality, non-GMO and non-vegetarian ingredients. No fillers in here, just the active substances. Let me give you what is in a standard serving size. Standard serving size is two capsules and you would take two capsules twice a day. It includes natokinase, the principal uh, ingredient 2,000 fibrinolytic units or 100 milligrams. Those are uh, equal in terms of uh, conversion. Selenium, 75 micrograms. Black sativa extract, 500 milligrams. Irish sea moss powder, 500 milligrams. Green tea extract, 
150 milligrams, and dandelion extract, 50 milligrams. Why the other ingredients? The other ingredients are designed to help block the spike protein's effect on tissues, help tissues recover and repair. It's the best we have now when patients are in need. At this point in time, we can't make broad therapeutic claims regarding disease states, but we can tell you that this is reasonable in terms of supporting the body and helping the body clear spike protein and allowing your pathway back to better health. So go to twc.health and check out the spike support formula. You can use our promotional codes or go through our banner bars on our site to get promotional codes and discounts on your purchase. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, Chief Scientific Officer of the Wellness Company and your host on The McCullough Report. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is The McCullough Report. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said... Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Out Loud Talk Radio, this is a McCullough Report. Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement is a combination of calming herbs, amino acids, minerals, and sleep hormone support for the four stages of the human sleep cycle. Fall asleep, stay asleep, get a deep sleep, and achieve REM or rapid eye movement sleep. This is very important. So there are combinations that address in this single product the ability to fall asleep easily. There are others that help the body lower the body temperature, which is normal during sleep, and still others that cause a deep and lasting sleep. That's what so many people are after. And finally, interestingly, combinations that help creativity boosting during REM sleep. I can tell you, I use this one personally. It's in a microgel formula. I had a patient this last week who has long COVID syndrome, and she has terrible GI side effects, and she has GI hypomotility and said, listen, she's not even tolerating pills or these chalky, large vitamins. I said, go to Healthy Cell. Get the Healthy Cell line. We use it in post-COVID syndrome patients. 
And this product particularly will help sleep get on track. Now I tell people, listen, take it every night and do so for months and months. The body likes regular administration of any exogenous substance. Don't take it on and off. It's not like a sleeping pill. This is something you take every night to get high quality sleep back into your day. And you feel better during the day after having better quality sleep at night. So go to HealthyCell.com and in the promo code, type in out loud for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Out Loud Talk Radio, this is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's a great pleasure to welcome to the microphone for the first time a patient who's been damaged and injured with the COVID-19 vaccines. We've spent so much time talking about these syndromes and all the patients involved, but you know, to a shortcoming in the media is that we haven't involved the patients to let them tell their story and what happened. And so we can ask them questions about the issues. So I've invited on Miss Eliza Stimler, and she has uh, been gracious enough to um, waive her confidentiality on this and tell us what happened. Um, Eliza, welcome to the McCullough Report. Hi, how are you? Good. Now, let, let's start out just a little bit about your, your background. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town called Liberty, New York, in the Catskill Mountains of New York. Oh, very good. And did you um, go on to college? Yeah. Oh, yes. I went to Syracuse University and got married uh, after I finished my senior year. And I moved to Long Island. And now I presently live in New York City. Oh, very good. So you're a New Yorker, huh? Now I'm a New Yorker, yes. And what's your occupation for the majority of your life? Uh, I was in sales um, for watches. Then when I lived in Long Island, I actually did some, you know, uh, computer inputting with my friend. I mean, it was her business, but, you know, I I was really a mother first and foremost. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm now 64. 64. So we're about the same age. And how many children do you have? Two. Two. Okay, good. Well, listen, you, like so many Americans, were watching this COVID story unfold over 2020 and 2021. I'm sure you must have been asked or prompted or considered the COVID-19 vaccines. So what happened? Uh, what happened is I, I asked doctors about it and they said the benefits outweigh the risks. I kind of felt, you know, in New York, you you felt like a leper if you didn't take it. it you know, it, you were kind of forced to take it in a way. And my husband was pressuring me. So I got the first vaccines, the first two, and that's the only ones I took at the beginning of um, 2021. And I was never the same afterwards. Uh, I 
probably was in full-blown tachycardia that night, heart racing, dizziness, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, weak, um, hair started falling out, Went had subsequent trips to the emergency room with no diagnosis, uh, finally got COVID the um, end of April last year, uh, went to a cardiologist because I haven't been the same since, and he has diagnosed me with um, post-COVID tachycardia, but actually it happened before that. Okay. So that's a pretty good uh, synopsis. And uh, did you have any baseline chronic problems that were potentially could have set you up for this reaction? Well, uh, baseline, uh, I would say uh, before the vaccines, I did have chronic fatigue syndrome, but I considered myself in a remission because I could walk blocks. I was working, I was walking my dog. I can no longer do those things um, since the vaccines. And you can't, so I, you can't do it because your heart pounds excessively or you can't breathe? Uh, and I, I feel like I can't breathe. I, I feel like I, there's air hunger and um, the, the fatigue is debilitating. And if I even try to walk too far, I get internal tremors. So I'm, you don't see me shaking on the outside, you see it from the inside. And also I must add, I never had problems with blood pressure. My blood pressure was always on the low end of normal. And now my pressure is all over the place. And you know my doctor's watching that. And that only occurred post-vaccine. So are you convinced in your mind that the vaccine caused this change? Did anything else happen in your life that could have accounted for this? No, I'm absolutely convinced it was the vaccine because I, I, I was walking my dog. I was living life and I couldn't afterwards. And did your doctors uh, try any medications to help you? No. That, that's the frustrating thing. They would listen. Um, I, I'm just frustrated. I'm just frustrated because I feel like there's no answers for people such as myself. Have you, in your circles, have you become aware of other people with a similar type of syndrome? None of my friends. Um, the only people I've even been in contact with have been through um, some Instagram. Um, yeah, there's some Instagram sites of the vaccine injured. Um, but that's it because none of my friends have had this issue. There is a, group, the, called, yeah. a group called React 19. I, I joined it on Instagram. Right. They, they, um, they seem to have, you know, quite a bit of, momentum in terms of a group. But I can tell you, my practice is loaded with patients like you. And they're they're just like this. They're frustrated. They don't feel the same. They um, they have a sense that, uh, that they've experienced gaslighting, that, that people really don't believe them when they tell them that this has happened. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Because some of my friends, when I can't join them for different things, they wonder if I'm depressed. And believe me, I'm not depressed. That's the thing. I'm not even my husband will tell him I'm not depressed. I physically can't do it. And it's a burden on him. He has to walk the dog and, and do all the things that I used to be able to do. Does, does the fact that your husband took the vaccines, and I assume he did fine, does that make this whole 
this whole situation more difficult for you? Yes. Um, and I don't know if I should go and tell you what vaccine I took. And he took a different one than I did. Yeah, go ahead and tell us. And I have the lot numbers. And he took Moderna. Yeah, you took two Pfizer vaccines, as I recall, yeah. in our pre-review. Yes. Uh, and they were very similar in terms of lot numbers. Yes. Just, just so we can tell the audience, we did take the liberty of looking up the lot numbers uh, and both of these lots were associated with skyrocketing rates of adverse events. So, so the the lots were similar in um, number, but uh, and there's a way to look it up. We looked it up on the website ahead of time, and uh, see if I can pull that up. Yes, um, but but I was astounded at the number of um, of. Uh, adverse events that that basically had, had when i looked at the graph my heart sank because i've been telling all these doctors i've been telling people this happened to me after the vaccine and i feel you know and i commend you for giving people such as myself a voice because i feel like we've been forgotten yeah it's it, it it's just the so here they are i brought them up so it was Pfizer lot EN6202 on 226.21, and then Pfizer lot EN6204, just two numbers away, yeah. on 319.21. They both expired in June of 2021, so they were within the right. expiration date. And so I looked these up. You can look these up online. And your first batch was associated with 2,789 other adverse events, 777 life-threatening illnesses, 83 disabilities, and in that lot alone, 171 deaths. 171 deaths. Now, keep in mind, any product that would have 5, 10, 15, no more than 50 deaths should be pulled off the market. That was just your first shot, Eliza. Your second one, second one came in, listen to these numbers, 2,000 443 other adverse events, 72 life-threatening, 81 disabilities, and 114 deaths. So very similar. You almost can't make this up in terms of how similar they are. <laughs> 83 disabilities and 81 disabilities. And you know what? You're in that group. And you know what I want to add to this? When I saw my endocrinologist, and I knew I was never going to take a booster, and I said, can we while you're doing blood, can we run my antibodies? And she did. And at that point, I never had COVID. And she came back with me and she said, wow, you have a super amount of antibodies. And now that I'm seeing these graphs, I'm saying, wow, you know, there was something wrong with those shots that, you know, it, it just sent my whole system haywire. Well, you're bringing up a very important point. That is the quantitative antibodies that the doctors can order against the spike protein is a proxy of how much spike protein the body was exposed to. And yes. that was before, yeah, that was before you had clinical COVID. So for you to have skyrocketing numbers means your body had a very high dose. Yes. And for exact, for exact words, you were, wow, you have a super, super, she, she reiterated it twice, amount of antibodies. And I told her I haven't felt the same. And, you know, I, I had everything checked because my hair was falling out. There was no reason for it. Even my dermatologist 
couldn't find a reason. He said it might be the spike protein in the vaccine because he wasn't sure. And what's interesting is hairstylists, when you mention a hairstylist, they have told me that all their pay, all their clients who had vaccines, there's such a huge number that there's huge hair loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that clinically for sure. Did you have any changes in your nails, your nails on your hands or feet? They, um, I, I would say they're more, not, they're, more, they're more brittle, but it's my hair that um, I see the biggest difference. I always had a very, very thick head of hair. You wouldn't think it's that bad, but it's half of what I had. I mean, it was coming out in handfuls, and I never, and at that point, I never had COVID. So, so you would wash your hair, and in the shower, you'd look down, you see big clumps of hair. It was frightening. I was doing every vitamin I could get my hands on. I was going to the dermatologist. I had checked up with the endocrinologist. They did a full panel of um, hormone levels. Everything came back normal, as far as that was concerned. Well, you know, the exhaustiveness of the evaluation makes it even more likely that it was the vaccine, right? Because uh, low thyroid was ruled out, blood chemistry problems were ruled out, et cetera, et cetera. Now, did you lose weight through this? Um, Initially, I did because um, for the while, I didn't have much of an appetite after, after the vaccines. But, you know, now I would say I'm at my usual weight. Okay. And then how about any neurologic symptoms? You know, one of the hospital trips I had in the emergency room, I felt like my left arm was getting numb. And that frightened me because my mother in her 80s had a stroke, but everything was fine. They couldn't find a reason for it. Okay. So what we're gathering here, if I could just take a break and talk to the audience, is this is a post-vaccine injury syndrome. When the heart excessively races. So not only does it beat faster, but it beats harder. It beats harder. And there's associated dizziness with it. That's what's called POTS or posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. It's a classic syndrome that develops after the vaccine. The vaccine uh, installs the genetic code for the spike protein. It distributes to the sympathetic chain up along the, the spinal cord, up in the neck and upper chest region, as well as the adrenal glands. These tissues release way too much adrenaline inappropriately. So when patients even have modest activity, they have too much adrenaline, um, their heart races, they have trouble breathing, they feel like they can't make it. And it's very, very discomforting for patients. It's just, it, it just is, uh, and it's something that lasts for a considerable period of time. My experience is it tends to get worse when there's another um, bout of COVID-19. Now, what I do as a doctor is I need to rule out a couple things. I need to rule out any heart damage. So I do blood tests, EKG, echocardiogram, and cardiac MRI. Now, did you have any of those tests? Did you have a cardiac MRI? I didn't have a cardiac MRI. I had an ultrasound, uh, which I went to some big week doctor at Columbia Presbyterian. Um, who I liked very much, who who did listen to me. I don't know if he documented that I feel I was injured from the vaccine, but he put me on propanolol. But he said, only take it when my heart races and my blood pressure is high. So I don't have to take it all the time. Um, well, let me just stop you there. That's yeah. called a pill in the pocket technique. And I've done that on occasion. 
but I haven't found it as effective. The, the standard beta blockers used, atenolol, metoprolol, and propranolol, have a, an effect on a, a family of uh, beta adrenergic receptors in, in a way that uh, isn't optimal for this condition. The go-to drug that I use is in a family of beta blockers, but it's called Nadolol, N-A-D-O-L-O-L. And at a dose of 10 or 20 milligrams twice a day in a regular fashion, that seems to make uh, a big difference for patients. Now, the next question I ask patients is, um, uh, did you have chest discomfort, any soreness when the, you pressed on your chest or when you took a deep breath or laughed or coughed? Did you have any of those type of symptoms? I did. I don't have that anymore, but I did. And it was one of the reasons I went to the emergency room. I actually called the ambulance uh, because I my heart was racing. My pressure went up and I it I did feel like it hurt. And the only thing they did was give me something in my IV to lower my heart rate. And they sent me home, you know. Okay. Now, what I do with that condition or that set of symptoms is I do a um, pulmonary CT angiogram to rule out blood clots that went to the chest. And uh, it's it's significant because uh, big blood clots can be fatal. So I do a, a, a CT mm -hmm. angiogram, make sure there's no blood clots. And if there are not, and um, the heart imaging is okay, the diagnosis we settle on is the second diagnosis beyond POTS is called pleuridynia. And it just means inflammation of the lining around the heart and the lungs, and patients can feel it. Many times their chest wall is sore. And the go-to drug there is called colchicine, C-O-L-C-H-I-C-I-N-E. And uh, colchicine and natalol are prescribed in these conditions now for sometimes a year. And patients within at least several weeks start to say they feel better. We had a patient in our circles recently, an office worker who had this condition. She felt better in three days. She goes, oh my gosh, I've been suffering this for, for two years. And within three days, I feel better. It really was remarkable. Those are two simple generic medications that are prescribed. And, and, and this is supported by the clinical rationale uh, and the science of what we understand so far. And actually just a lot of experience, just because I've tried a lot of things that haven't worked. Right. Right. Now, the, the, the next question is, you mentioned vitamins and supplements, and I want our audience and you to know as well that there's been an innovation from the Japanese, and it's called natokinase, natokinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E. Natokinase is a derivative of the fermentation of soy by a bacteria called Bacillus subtilis natto, and it is a enzyme. And the enzyme has been found in a paper by Tanakawa and colleagues to dissolve the spike protein. And the theory is in patients who have symptoms like you, that you've gotten a higher dose of messenger RNA than others, since the amount of messenger RNA varies from vial to vial and from batch to batch, and you got two very closely related batches, you must have gotten a high dose of messenger RNA. You must have gotten a lot of spike protein in installed. That's supported by your very high antibody level. And the, and the genetics continue to produce spike protein for a very long time. We don't know how long, but probably more than a year. And so the body must dissolve the spike protein and natokinase helps dissolve the spike protein. And the dose we would use would be 2000 units twice a day, which is equivalent of 100 milligrams twice a day. Has anybody suggested to you to get natokinase? Never. 
never. No. I mean, you're you're even telling me about medications I haven't heard from b- before. And living in New York City, we have very good hospitals and, um, you know, like Columbia Presbyterian. When I kept going to the emergency room, that was at Weill Cornell. So I'm not going to fly by night hospitals, but, you know. So what we, what we found is that, um, and, and the types of medicines I'm discussing, honestly, it's been probably over the last six months or even shorter that, that things have kind of coalesced. At least this is for my clinical practice. The um, I think the best in class uh, uh, kinase is offered by the wellness company. So if you go to um, www.twc.health and order the spike support supplement, that would be two capsules twice a day. And uh, bottles are very affordable. Some people just uh, go ahead and join the wellness company and you can get a telemedicine visit with a doctor, uh, get the other two medicines prescribed relatively easily. And uh, they're both generic and inexpensive. And, And you would be on a kind of typical program that I would advise in someone who I saw in my office. Now, I would bolster that with the following comments that I think uh, everybody needs um, uh, probably a, a mega vitamin twice a day uh, in, in a real because of the the gastrointestinal symptoms you report. The GI tract is is not normal in so many patients, so we actually use Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell. If you go to healthycell.com and you can order the Immune Super Boost, uh, uh, one of those. It's like a little micro gel pack. One twice a day is fine. Many patients uh, report some brain fog or fatigue or lack of energy, and I think that's where the focus and memory product comes in, and that would be one in the morning because it's slightly stimulatory. You don't want to take it in the evening. And then many patients um, report they have sleep disturbance. They just can't get a good night's sleep, so there you go. And I have severe insomnia. Yeah, and so uh, there, the Healthy Cell REM sleep supplement is uh, a product that just one microgel at night before you go to bed uh, does very well. So the healthy cell line, which again, to summarize, would be an immune super boost twice a day, the focus and memory in the morning, and then the REM sleep supplement at night. uh, These products are all featured on the America Out Loud talk radio website. If you go to America Out Loud talk radio and you hit on the banner bar, uh, it will give you discounts. Uh, to get all these purchases uh, done. And and they're very affordable. I'm proud to say they're very affordable. And we've been working with these companies over the last few months because we've been frustrated as our patients have that we haven't really settled on the types of programs that can get people better. And it's really just in the last few months that I've become convinced that patients like yourself can really you, you know, develop a bona fide improvement when we get the right combination. Now, having said that, I have tried in the past propranolol, metoprolol, um, atenolol, corlinor for the heart racing, Florinef for passing out. I have tried fluvoxamine for sleep and uh, depression and anxiety. I've tried prolonged ivermectin. Um, I've tried empiric hydroxychloroquine. None of those have actually, in my observations, have worked outside of maybe a patient with a particular blood test uh, turning positive called the ANA, for which um, I'll use um, hydroxychloroquine. We're looking for supportive data as we move forward. 
But what we're finding is we have to take an empiric approach based on clinical judgment and just talking with patients like yourself and talking to other doctors in our circle. And unfortunately, you know, the doctors at Cornell and Columbia, of which I was fully a part of that group when I was at, you know, major academic medical centers, they are just not seeing this right now. Most of the doctors took the vaccine. And once they've taken the vaccine, they just can't possibly understand since they did fine how you did not do fine. Yes, that's that's true, as well as my friends. But, you know, especially I think you expect more from doctors in terms of understanding. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. So this would be a typical we kind of did some role playing here, but this would be a typical type of discussion that we would have with a patient. You made it so easy because you've already had the baseline labs. You described them. You've had an EKG. You've had an echo. Um, nothing has turned up. You've escalated through up to an electrophysiologist. So you're down to one of the relatively typical vaccine injury syndromes. And, and let's just say the clinical suspicion wasn't high enough to get an MRI or a CT angiogram that you have, in a sense, what we think you have. Then you know, it would be down to, I think, two generic prescriptions, the over-the-counter uh, spike support supplement, uh, formula of, of natokinase or something similar. You can, can certainly find it in uh, natokinase alone at other websites. And then for the vitamins, um, because of the wild card of GI tract uh, absorption, I think the microgel um, healthy cell, I've found them I think to be optimal, although you know many people, and I'm sure you've tried, uh, you know, a whole litany of supplements in capsule or tablet form. I have so many supplements right now in my cabinet; uh, it's not normal. <laughs> I've <laughs> tried everything. I've tried everything. You know, I'm doing magnesium for you know uh, the blood pressure. I magnesium, calcium. Uh, vitamin D. I, I'm just, you know, I, I would love to get rid of this spike protein because I haven't been the same. And actually what I failed to tell you is because I can't walk um, distances, I am now in a utility scooter, which is so embarrassing for me. I don't really want people to see me that way because I'm not that person. This has really been an extraordinary story. Now, has your case been reported to VAERS? No, I went to report to VAERS, and when I first went on, it asked some documentation from doctors, but nobody seems to document this injury. I talked to doctors. I was just at a sleep doctor who's going to do tests, and the first thing I said is, I'm going to be your most difficult case. I'm vaccine injured. And he just looked at me. Wow. Well, you know, we're going to have to bring this to a close. Uh, you know, there are some, you can certainly make your own VARES entry. Um, you can um, make a, a CDC vSafe, which is a cell phone app, make an entry. Uh, there's a more patient-friendly uh, website called uh, Truth for Health, truthforhealth.org. And you can just enter in and just, just tell your whole story there. Data are being compiled. Those would be some suggestions. Some people just feel better when you've make, made an official entry and you, you, you've you told your story in some format. So, um, Alyssa, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the McCullough Report. Thank you for having me and for your dedication when it comes to this very important topic. Okay, thank you very much. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report.